planned. We have just been through a series of services and incredible services. Uh, if you did not get a chance to hear Brother Near when he was here, please go check out our podcast. If you didn't make it to the youth rally last night, uh, go check it out on Facebook or Friday night. Uh, go check that out on Facebook. Uh, several people shared it. Yeah. Um, uh, and if you, I mean, if you want, just want a chance to hear more of all the services Brother Near preached, he was on uh, uh, Dustin, Brother Dustin live streamed it uh, on his Facebook page. Truth Apostolic was live streamed, uh, not on their Facebook page because I'm not sure their church has one. But uh, one of their people did share it, did a uh, live stream it, and we have that uh, where I shared it, Pastor shared it, a few others did. You can go check that out, and you really should. <laughs> uh, and honestly, I'm not just saying that to be saying that. I'm saying that because to some degree it lines up with my message. <laughs> so if you would, I'm going to be reading today from the book of Ezra from the book of Ezra, uh, chapter number 9, Ezra chapter number 9, and I'm going to start reading at verse number 8. So if you would, Ezra chapter 9, verse number 8, please stand if you would for the reading of the word of the Lord. If you're wondering why on earth I'm doing that, well honestly it was started by Ezra. Uh, Ezra's the one who did it, and I'm not going to make you stand as long as he did. <laughs> I'm not going to make you stand quite as long as Ezra did. Uh, I'm going to only be reading you a couple of verses. So, if you would. And now, for a little space, grace hath been showed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage and verse number nine for we were bondmen yet our God hath not forsaken us in our bondage but hath extended mercy unto us in the sight of the kings of Persia to give us a reviving to set up the house of our God and to repair the desolations thereof and to give us a wall in Judah and in Jerusalem if you would let's pray Jesus, we love you and we thank you for all that you've done. You are God, you are Jehovah, you are ruler, you are our king, you are our savior, our redeemer. Oh Lord Jesus, you are wonderful, a counselor, a mighty God. You are the everlasting Father. You are the Prince of Peace. And you, you came to this earth to save our souls, Lord. I thank you that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. I thank you that you've given us your Word and written it onto our hearts, Lord. If you would, help something to stir inside of us. Revive us. Bring us back to you again. That we would not just... That we wouldn't just hear your word, but we would do your word. In Jesus' name, we love you, Lord, and we thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. On April the 9th, 1906, William J. Seymour and seven other men were in this house. 
on Bonnie Bray Street in Los Angeles, California. Seymour had a couple of months before first arrived in Los Angeles uh, and preached a series of meetings at a church in town. And he spoke about the infilling of the Holy Ghost with speaking in other tongues as the evidence. In a couple of days, after preaching one or two times about that, he was uh, summarily shoved out the door and told never to preach there again. So he ended up at this house, this kind of sad-looking house on Bonnie Bray Street. He was with seven other men, and they were waiting on God on this street. They had been praying. Uh, that he was on the third day. Uh, after fasting for three days with a, and with a planned 10-day fast, it was like a lightning bolt came into that room, is what we are told, according to those men. It was like a lightning bolt shot through them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. After a few more uh, weeks, Seymour himself was filled for the first time. And this revival continued to spread from 216 North Bonnie Bray Street and ended up being held in this place. It's called the Azusa Street Mission. And uh, from 1906 to 1915, Several services were held continually. They had articles written about their weird babble tongues going around. Miracles happened. People shouted. And Seymour would just stand up there and pray with his head in a box until God decided to give him some other word to share. Um, there were several amazing reports, and it kept on spreading and spreading. It spread from Los Angeles into other areas, uh, and in fact, and it went from just being a revelation that people needed to be filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues into another revelation given to a man named G.T. Haywood and a few others that you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And it kept on spreading, and it kept on Spreading In 1915, the Azusa Street Revival died down, and eventually several of these people would split off and refuse to follow this Jesus name idea, but it did continue, and it still continues to this day, because on April the 9th, 100 years later in 2006, nine people entered into a building on 209 West Gum Street in Marion, Kentucky. And once again, they fasted and they prayed and they reached for people and it continued on. And there were times that things began to die down and it looked like stuff wasn't exactly going to work in quite the same way. And revelation was poured out and prophecies came and some people decided they weren't going to stick with it. But something does still continue there to this day. All these men were seeking something that had been promised 
long ago. The presence and connection of the God of heaven and earth. They were seeking the same thing that Ezra was seeking in this building. Ezra had been in a rough place along with all the rest of the nation of Israel. Israel had been taken captive to Babylon. They were far separated from God. Uh, they were feeling in some, they felt totally separated from God. They, they wrote these words in Babylon. They said, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. We wept when we remembered Zion. We hung, we hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they wasted us, required us of mirth, saying, Give us one of the songs of Zion. But how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the root of my, if my of a mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy, remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem who said, raise it, raise it, even to the foundation thereof. O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be that taketh and dasheth thy little ones against the stones. They were in a bad place. They were messed up. They were not, they had no idea what they were going to do. But Ezra said, he said it in that last ver in those last two verses that I, in those two verses I read. Um, he said, now for a little space, grace has been showed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and give us a nail in his whole, in this holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. We were bondmen, yet our God has not forsaken us in our bondage. He's extended mercy to us. Uh, he said he gave us a little space. He put us in this place. He put us in this place. He put us in this building right here. He put us in this area. He put us back to this land. He put us in this building, in this building, in this building. And this building, this place, this area that we're in right now, this is a realm of revival. I was praying on March the 31st of this year, and I had this phrase come out of my mouth, God... Bring us into the realm of revival. And the minute it came out my mouth, I thought, God, what does that mean? And I, I wrote it down. I was like, I'm going to have to look back at this later because I feel like there's something here more than just some fancy turn of a phrase. I feel like there's something more to it. So uh, I began looking in the dictionary. A realm is a region in which something is dominant, an area or a sphere in which one holds a preeminent position, natural, normal, or proper place. A realm is a territory over which dominion is exercised. So when we're saying that, we mean 
the region where revival is dominant or preeminent. The, the region where revival is natural or normal. The, the region, the place where you can experience revival and revival has dominion. But what's revival? We, we just went through a series of services and people labeled that a revival. In fact, even the Webster's Dictionary puts um, one definition of revival as a highly emotional evangelistic meeting or series of meetings. But that is not what Ezra meant when he said that God has given us a chance for revival. Ezra was talking about an instance of reviving, the state of being revived, such as renewed attention or interest in something, a new presentation or publication of something old, a period of renewed religious interest, and a restoration of forced validity and effect. Not some highly evangelistic meeting. It's something more than that. We've got this idea about what revival is in our modern heads. The Azusa Street Revival went from, 2000, from 1906 to 1915. Those, we, we had a series, of, our, we had our uh, first big revival win, win, our first revival services. About 2007. Well, that was a revival. That was a revival meetings, as we put them. Uh, back in the early uh, 20th century and even some into the late, you would have these revival meetings under tents in various cities across America. And in fact, we recently had someone uh, tell us, hey, I've got a big tent. Let's have a tent revival over across the road at your church. But that's not what revival means in its initial sense. When we're saying we're experiencing revival, what is revival? Well, we've been having, a, honestly, we've been having a bunch of people since March 2020 who want revival. They want revival of normal. They want a revival of being able to enter into a public building without wearing a piece of cloth over top of their face. We want they have, they, we have a revival of people who they, we have people who are seeking for a revival of being able to go to sporting events. We have a bunch of people who want a revival of their favorite TV shows not having screens set in, centered around the people on the American Idol stage. We have a revival. They're wanting a revival. And, if, and they are saying, hey, we got a date on revival right now. Because on June the 11th, they're, they're saying we're going to be able to stop wearing masks inside a Walmart. Ooh, I feel the spirit right on that one. That's what, that's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. Oh, man, we're going to be able to have normal summer camps again. We're going to be able to have concerts again. We're going to be able to... It's revival because it's a, it's a return. It's a return to what's natural. A revival is a return to something being natural. So honestly, 
And that's a big one right there. What do you do in the realm of revival? What do you do in the realm of revival? I've heard a lot of quotes over the course of 2020 talking about this idea of revival in that sense. When did miracles happen in the early church? When did the church multiply? When they were persecuted. When they were driven out of Jerusalem because Saul was breathing out threatenings. When, when they were attacked. And when have so many churches across America multiplied? When they were stuck, not able to step into church buildings. Miracles began to happen. But, 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 but what, what? But you're saying revival's when stuff is natural and when stuff is normal. Actually, yes, that is correct. Because revival is the place of grace where stuff is normal. Revival is not for getting people filled with the Holy Ghost. Revival is not for miracles. Revival is not for that. Miracles and people getting filled with the Holy Ghost happen during revival. But... That's not what revival is for. Revival is not for anyone that doesn't normally come to this church. Revival is for you. By its natural sense, revival is a return to where something is natural. The realm of revival. So that's the reason I have a picture of this church building on top of the, on that title screen. Because this is the realm of revival. Because revival is easy mode. Revival is easy mode. The realm of revival is where easy happens. The realm of revival is North American Youth Congress. The realm of revival is Kentucky Youth Camp. The realm of revival is youth, uh, youth convention. The realm of revival is when Brother Near comes for two weeks. Or Brother White comes for a few days. The realm of revival is homecoming in Texas. And you know what? The realm of revival happens every Sunday morning. Amen. And every Thursday. It's going to be happening this Friday at a youth service. It's going to be ha it happens at prayer meetings. It happens in Bible studies. The realm of revival. Oh, but people, but people get saved during the hard times. People get multiplied. Yeah, that's not revival when people just start getting filled with the Holy Ghost left and right. That's not revival. The revival is when something is easy. It's, it's easy. It's what Ezra was saying. God has given this, us this space to come into this place. But why did Ezra say that? Why did Ezra feel the need to remind them that? Well, let's hop back a few verses. They've been there for a little while now. They've been in, they've been in a revival meeting going on with all, with all the building going up all around them. Now when those things were done, the princes come to me saying, the, pre the people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the people of the land, doing according to the, the abominations of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. That's a handful of say. 
They're, they're, following all the, they're following the ways of all the countries all around them. They have taken the daughters uh, for themselves and for their sons so that the holy seed have mingled themselves with the people of the land. The good godly people have been mixing themselves up with the not godly people. The good godly people have been spending a bunch of time, and more than just spending a bunch of time, they've been tying themselves up with. They've been making commitments to, and they've been producing something new with all the ungodly people. All the people that don't pray, all the people that don't come to church on Sunday morning, all the people that go to that, that do some other, they follow some other religious persuasion, all those people that mix themselves up in sin. Yea, the hand of the princes and the rulers have been in trespass. They done messed up. And when I heard this thing, when the pastor heard this, when the preacher heard this, I rent my garment and my mantle and plucked off the hair of my head and of my beard and sat down astonished. Or in the version that I read in my Bible, it said astonied. It's a definition beyond astonished. It means I was appalled. I was, he said, I was unable to move from my place because I was so shocked. Then were assembled unto me everyone that trembled at the words of God of Israel because of the transgression of those that had been carried away. And I sat there astonished until the evening sacrifice. At the evening sacrifice, I rose up from my heaviness. I, having rent my garment and my mantle, I fell on my knees and spread out my hands unto the Lord my God. And this is what he said to God. So he, done, so he heard that while they've been in this place, they've done messed up bad. But how? How did they mess up so bad if they're in this revival situation? You see, being in revival is easy. And when something's easy, we don't do what we're supposed to do all the time. We've been living in revival mode. We, when we were living in revival mode, we didn't fight. And so therefore, when hard time come, when the first little push happened, we, they, they, they fell hard. He said, oh my God, I'm ashamed and blushed to lift up my face to you, my God. For our, our iniquities are increased over our head. Our trespasses grown up into the heavens. Since the days of our fathers have we been in great trespass unto this day. And for our iniquities have we, our kings and our priests, been delivered into the hands of the kings to the lands of the lands, to the sword, to captivity, to spoil, to confusion of face as it is this day. But now we get to where we started. And now for a little space, grace has been showed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape, to give us a nail in this holy place, that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. You see, you done messed up. When quarantine went down, you decided that, it's just not worth fighting anymore because before quarantine started, you weren't. If you have found that somewhere over the course of the last year and a half that you started slipping and you're wondering, how on earth did I get here? It's because before you got, to, got there, you hadn't made the commitment and the decision. So it's been hard. 
And maybe yours even started before quarantine. Maybe it happened. Maybe, it, maybe it's been going on since like 2014. I don't know. That's, that's when we, uh, that's about when a whole lot of the fight, it's been going downhill since about 2014. For some people in this place, it's just been up and down and up and down. But honestly, it's not, it's not been doing like those pictures you see of the stock market that go up and down, up and down, up and down. It's been going like up and down and up and down and up and down the opposite direction. It, it's been plummeting for some people. It's little bumps up here, but, but it's still heading back down steadily. Little bumps up, but it's heading downwards for some people. And... So maybe yours started before 2020. Maybe it was 2019, 2018, 2017, or 2016. That was another hard year, wasn't it? 2016 was hard. 2019 was hard. 2014 was hard. But what happened? Why? Why, why was it so hard? Because before that it was easy, right? There was so much easy. Well, that's because that was revival. It was revival. You need to make a decision while you're in easy mode that when hard mode comes, I'm still going to fight and I'm still going to push because let me tell you what happens in hard mode. As any video game nerd will tell you, there's a difference in hard mode and easy mode. There's a lot of achievements you don't get when you're in easy mode. Because the video game person who made this thing said, said that if you're on easy mode, I can't really give you the same awards that I would give someone who fought the hard one. You can't get to the secret level via easy mode. Oh, he is a young, ain't he? <laughs> you, you don't get the same achievements in easy mode. You don't get the same stuff out of easy mode. You see, great stuff happens in revival. Sure, absolutely. But you know what? There's something a little different. You, get, you hit different areas of prayer when you'll pray the same way you do at revival service. On a Monday night. When you pray the same way that you would have prayed if it was Brother Near preaching. When you're busy hearing your boss tear you up and down when you'll when you'll pray and respond the same way that you would on camp night on a night on a Thursday night when it's some random guy that you've never heard of coming in because pastor said you need to hear this guy you, 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 we, we need to get this, this random missionary from who knows where that has no famous pastor. And he's just going on and on about showing random videos and telling stories that's not all that great. He, he's not anything special by what you can tell. That's... How, how are you supposed to respond in revival? It's, it's not just shout. Don't just shout. I, I asked a friend of mine a question because I'd noticed something. I had noticed a trend among a lot of people that I, 
that I had known that went off to Bible colleges, backsliding. And not just backsliding, but falling hard. So I asked a friend of mine, I said, what, what is up with that? And, and, and I had heard it in, in many different messages from preachers who were, went to different Bible college classes. And one of them even told a story about how uh, they, they started it in his freshman class. They all said together, let's start a chant among ourselves. Never backslide, never backslide, never backslide. He said, but by the time we hit senior year, good third of us were gone. So I asked my friend, I said, why, why is that? He was, he's, um, he's still there and he's still going strong because back when he was in camps, he made a good decision that he was going to be committed. He, he, he was going on easy mode. He was getting committed in easy mode. And he said, well, it, it's, it's this. They go in thinking it's just, they, thinking it's going to be camp. They go in thinking it's going to be easy mode when they get there. And it is a lot easier than some things. But what you're doing in there is it's harder than you think. Because you're committing yourself to study to show yourself approved. A workman that need not be ashamed. You're, you're committing to studying more of the word of God than most people will read in their lifetimes. Because I want to make sure that this, that I'm all in for this. I'm willing to pay money for this for something I can't get federal student loans for. Brother Doug Smith, who's going to be preaching our youth week this year, he, he, he went into he went into debt. Credit, he went into heavy credit card debt because he realized, I'm going to make a commitment when I go to Bible college. I'm not, I'm not saying whether or not that was the most genius idea, but it's what he could do. Because he said, I'm making a commitment. Because I know this is more important than that. So how, how do we respond when we're... When we're in the easy place to respond. You go beyond just what's easy enough to do. God has brought us here to leave us a remnant to escape. He's given us this nail in this holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage because we were bondmen, yet our God has not forsaken us in our bondage. He's extended mercy unto us in the sight of the kings of Persia to give us reviving, to set up the house of our God. Here's what you do. You set up the house of your God. You set up the house of your God. You set up the house of your God. This is how revival works. Step one, set up the house of your God. What's the house of God? Brethren, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? You, it's time to set you up. You start patterns inside of yourself that are going to continue even when it's not easy anymore. You start patterns. I'm amen in the preacher every service. 
And that's going to continue when I leave here. I'm praying in altar calls for hours because I'm going to pray at home. I'm praying. I'm making commitments to live holy. So I'm going to live holy from here out of when we're out of here. You know, it's easy when the preacher says on a Friday night, hey, guess what? That, that preacher at camp says, I'm never willing to make a commitment that over the course of the next 30 days, I'm not going to put any entertainment inside of me. And I'm just going to put holy stuff before my eyes. I heard that on a Friday night at camp 2018. By the time we were out of service for about an hour, I, I mentioned it to... I mentioned it to someone who was out in the playground area of the camp, and they said, no way. We're less than an hour removed. And she, she even went on to say, you really think he does that? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> I know. I assure you, Brother Mark Brown does that. <laughs> you really think he does that? Yes, I assure you he does. I assure you that the pastor is doing that. I assure you that the man would not preach something like that. Set yourself up. Set up the house of God. Set yourself up to be the house of God. Remove things from your life that need to be removed from your life. Add things to your life that need to be added to your life. Because right now it's easy. It's easy to pray in that altar call right now. Repair the desolations thereof. Repair the desolations thereof. I heard it said last night. Turn the weaknesses and the wounds into weapons. Prepare yourself to be able to fight the battles that come. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. I fight my battles in worship. I fight my battles in prayer. I thank God that what was my weakness is going to become my weapon. I thank God that He is doing a new thing. I thank God that I'm about to make decisions that, that say this stuff dies and this stuff lives. Apply every message to your life. Apply every prophecy to your life. I, I, saw, I saw where this was posted. I, I believe it was, uh, but I, I believe I saw this posted uh, by, oh Lord. I believe I saw this posted by Brother Victor Jackson earlier this week when he said, people use prophecy as an excuse for complacency. Well, it was prophesied that someday I'm going to reach over 50,000 people, so I'm just going to sit back and let it happen. That's not how it happens. Prophecy is supposed to be your incentive to act. So when someone come to you and said, this is your moment right now that you need to turn around and quit going back and forth, you're supposed to say, oh, let's do it. When, when someone prophesies over you and says that he sees you reaching into the lives of certain types of people, it's time to start seeking out those certain types of people. When, when someone prophesies over you and says that God's going to begin to equip you into this, begin to try to get to that. But that's where hard mode starts. That's where hard mode starts. 
So that's where this last thing comes in. To give us a wall in Judah and in Jerusalem. There's another book tied to Ezra. And that's the book of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah was busy building a wall while Ezra was busy dedicating a temple. Nehemiah gathered together a bunch of men and said, he, he told the king, he said, Oh, king, I, I, I heard that the wall back in my kingdom, back in my homeland is, is destroyed. It's, it's torn down. It's come to nothing. Please let me go back and fix it. Amen. And the king let him go and begin to repair it. And he gave him the money to do it. He gave him all the supplies and all the man he, men he needed. But the enemy didn't want to let it happen. But he said, I'm doing a great work. I'm not going to come down. And one of it, we're going to hold in one hand a sword. And we're going to hold in the other hand a hammer. And we're going to build this thing. We're not going to let it fall down. We're not going to give up. What's a wall? What, what, what's the application here? What, how does that work? I am putting barriers up in my life that the devil can't get past this. The devil's not getting through here. My friends aren't getting through here. My old influences aren't getting through here. I'm making a commitment right here and right now that everything that I heard during church is going to still be applied when I step outside of church. Everything that I heard at camp is going to stay applied after I leave camp. Everything I heard when that preacher came in during those special services, it's going to stay applied. So yeah, our idea of what revival is. Revival is not for new souls. Revival is for you. It's for you. Sure, Daniel got his calling in the middle of Babylon's captivity. And Moses got his calling on the backside of a desert. David was put, had oil poured over him while he was just a shepherd boy. So do, shouldn't that mean that the hard times is revival? Not when you understand what revival is. Amen. Revival is a return. Revival is a return to what's natural, to what's normal. And we've got a messed up idea of that because we think revival is the only time that what's supposed to be natural and normal yeah. happens. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. That's supposed to be natural and normal. You see, it's not revival. When Peter is walking up, at just, it's just the hour of prayer. When he sees a man who's lame and begging and he says, 
I've not got much to give you, but in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he does, and he goes leaping and jumping into the temple. That's just a normal, everyday activity. Paul's just going up and down, teaching the streets, and he, he's, been, he's been annoyed at this, uh, this lady who's been bothering him that's possessed by the devil. He turns around, get out of her, and it goes. Amen. Just a sl- side comment. Natural, normal, everyday he expected it to happen. He didn't question it. He didn't lay hands on her and say, in the name of Jesus. He just, get out of her. Paul's just building the fire and snake latches onto him and he just shakes it off and moves on with his life. Natural, normal. Revival. Is not for new souls coming in and being filled with the Holy Ghost. Revival's not the only chance that you have to have a miracle happen. The man that was sitting at the pool of Bethesda thought he had to wait for the water to be troubled before he could be healed. But when all he really had to do was tell someone, go find Jesus and get him here. And all Jesus had to say was, will you be made whole? Natural and normal. Revival is the return to what's natural and normal. And there is a place where what's natural and normal can happen every single day. And this is it right here. You're inside of it. What's natural and normal inside of the life of a Christian it can happen here, sure. It can happen. It happened here once upon a time, sure. It happened here once, and it happened here once. But now it happens here. Now it happens in this building. Now it's supposed to be happening every single day inside of this building. And you know what? We need it to happen a whole lot more in places that look like that. Your home is supposed to be the realm of revival. Your home is supposed to be the realm of revival. Your workplace, you are the realm of revival. Adam Shaw has a podcast called The Restorationist because he said it's time that we restore what happened in the book of Acts. It's time for us to be the restorers of the order of the kingdom of God. The order of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is come unto you right here and right now. It's supposed to be happening every single day. I didn't realize this until this morning. That April the 9th, the anniversary of this revival that happened at Azusa Street. 100 years later, was when we stepped into the doors and had our first service in Marion, Kentucky. That may not be cool to you, but that's pretty cool to me. It's the foundation of apostolic revival in America was the foundation of apostolic revival in Marion, Kentucky. That's what's supposed to be happening here. All that crazy stuff that broke out in Azusa Street over the course of... Nine years, 
beginning the movement that we know is the modern apostolic church. Nine years. And it, and it gets its own Wikipedia page. The realm of revival gets the attention of the world. Revival gets the attention of the world. We need to be revived, and we need to stick with it. We're not supposed to need revival all the time. We're not supposed to need that all the time. It's supposed to be natural and normal. Natural and normal. We need to get that nail inside of the holy place and stick here. He said he's given us this little space of grace to stick a nail in a stick a nail in and say, "I'm here to stay. I'm here to stay. I am here to stay. I'm here to stick with it. We're we're living here now. We're living here now." One thing have I desired of the Lord. This will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord. To inquire in His temple. I want to live here. I, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. I, I just want to be here. I just want to be the door greeter. I, I, I just want to scrub the toilets. I, I just want to do whatever I can to be in the house of the Lord. I, I just want to go and knock some doors and teach some Bible study. I don't got to be well known. I don't got to be popular. I'm just making a commitment right here, right now. I'm building a wall. I'm restoring the things that got tore down. And I'm establishing the house of the Lord inside of my life. It's here, it's now, and it's permanent. But we do get wore down. We do get attacked. But the statement that was said by Michael Lindsay at the beginning of the pandemic holds true still. Crisis does not change direction. It merely accelerates you know what determines direction? Darren Sargent said it. Your attitude determines your direction. Your attitude's going to determine your direction. If you've got an attitude that I don't want anyone else inside of this church, well, when the crisis hits, you're going to want to be separated from every single person inside of this church. If your attitude is, I don't like anyone here all that much, by the time a pandemic hits, you're going to decide you hate everyone here. If your attitude is that I want the house of God filled and I want everyone around me to be filled with the Holy Ghost, when a crisis hits, you're going to try your best to make sure everyone is okay and taken care of and filled with the Holy Ghost. You're going to be accelerated in whatever direction you're going. There's a funny thing. When the pandemic hit, there was a man going to Brother Dustin's church who had just now started going back to church again. Pandemic hits, and now he's he's Brother Dustin's right hand man, Amen. running the social media booth, preaching pretty good, I might say, and doing quite well, playing the drums on the platform, and he just started coming. That don't always happen over the course of just a year and a half, but it accelerates you. Hard times accelerates you. But revival restores you. Easy times is supposed to be where you restore. But if you decide, I'm not going to come to church when we have special services, or I'm not even going to come to church on Sunday, yeah. 
Because Sunday is revival. Sunday and Thursday is revival. Because it's where it's easy to live for God on Sunday. It's easy when you're sitting in a classroom to say, oh yeah, I pray. It's easy when your teacher calls on you to pray, to pray for a few seconds. That's easy mode. That's easy mode. If it's not easy, that means that you've not got the habit all that well established. It's easier here than it's going to be at home. That's the reason you need to make it. So when I'm here, I'm going to do, take my opportunity. When I'm not here, I'm going to start practicing. Because when you're not here and you keep on practicing, whenever you need it, you are going to be able to access it. Uh, I'm going to, I'm about to wrap up and close. I've been going too long already. I've been going too long already. So if I would, I'd, someone could come up. I'm getting ready to close. I'm going to uh, be, I'm going to read a few few verses here just a couple of verses in conclusion here because does anyone remember the words that were said a couple of weeks ago I know not everyone was here when they were said but brother near preached it on his first Thursday here on his first Thursday here he preached that God is going to get ready to do something new you're leaving one season and entering into another. When Brother White was here, when much more people were here than when Brother Near was here, on that Thursday he said, it's coming to an end. One thing is coming to an end. When Brother Near was here, he said, something is ending to bring in something new. Amen. What is ending and what will be new is up to you. What season you're getting ready to enter is up to you. But here is what's coming. Easy mode. Easy mode is coming. And you want to know how I know easy mode is coming? Because the revival everyone's been looking for since March of 2020 is coming on June the 11th. The same easy mode that everyone looked forward to. Because now that vaccines are coming out, guys, the natural world is opening up something that is going to trigger the spiritual world. Actually, it goes the other way around. The tr spiritual world is doing something, so the natural world is lining up to it. You've stepped out of one season, you're coming into another. Because... The decree that Andy Bashir and the CDC have made lines up a whole lot with this decree. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth hath the Lord God of heaven given me, and hath charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in, Judea, in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? The Lord his God be with him, and let him go up. Hey guys, your restrictions are over. Guys, the government just told you your restrictions are about to end. There's no capacity on you anymore. There's no building capacities anymore. There's no limitations on you anymore. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to go back to normal? Are you going to go back to pre-pandemic normal? Or are you going to use this opportunity to build you up even more than you ever did before? 
Cyrus said, guess what, guys? You can leave. You guys can leave. You can go build your temple again. You can go build your temple again. So go, go, go do it. Do it. Do it. Go build your temple again. Go build it up. Go make it better than it ever was. Or go make it as good as you can make it. Go make everything you can out of it. Do it with excellence. Do what you can with it. Do, do whatever you can with it. No, Cyrus was not a holy man. No, absolutely not. A lot of people are upset. A lot of people are talking about the fact that Caitlyn Jenner is wanting to run in California. But guess what? She's going against the she, whatever it is, going against the way that the guy before it was doing it. Not a holy man. But say, churches, you can do what you want to do. No, Joe Biden's not the most righteous man. But he's opened things up for them. Do what you can with it. Build with it. Do what you can. opening up again. People aren't going to be afraid of you gathering around and doing things anymore. Are you going to use that to do every single thing that you can do? Or are you going to say, I'm going to go have fun at a beach again. I'm going to go to some ungodly concert. I'm going to go, I'm going to go hang out with all my friends and do this and do that. Or are you going to say, you know what, I'm going to build up as many people I can inside of a Bible study again. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray as long as I can. I'm gonna get in the presence of God and I'm gonna fast and I'm gonna That's what we need right now. We need to build this church. Things are opening up, things are going, and we have been given prophecies, not just proclamations from presidents and politicians. We have been given prophecies that this church is entering into a new season and things are gonna be duplicated and things are gonna be multiplied. get in the presence of God we're entering easy mode again we're entering easy mode again what you need to do is get everything you can in easy mode so that when hard mode kicks in or, or even halfway mode kicks in we don't get lost we don't get lost sure easy mode isn't always as as some people might act like it is. But this is easy mode. This is where you're supposed to get equipped. This is where we are supposed to be building up. It's time to build up. It's time to move forward and multiply. It's time to move forward. You've been told. Go build the house of God. Go build the house of God. Go build the house of God. Sure, go build the walls again. Go rededicate stuff. Go get your wounds fixed. So go do it. Pray at an altar. Pray at home. Teach. Reach. Multiply.
Yes, sir. 